At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back in the day after the conference championship games. In 20 minutes, we'll tell you what lessons we've learned, not just from this past weekend, but from the NFL season as a whole, 13 days until Super Bowl 58, and it will be a rematch of Super Bowl 54. It'll be the Chiefs. It'll be the Niners. This time, though, out west in Vegas. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, an opportunity to add to the legend, perhaps continue building that D-word, dynasty, relax. Um, And for the Niners, a chance to get their first Super Bowl win since Steve Young got the monkey off his back. It's been that long, even though they've been back a couple of times. We'll get into all that throughout the week and, of course, next week as well. Uh, Lightning bets coming up before we wrap up the show as well. Sounds like we got a bunch of angles on the NBA and some props we're already throwing in, some sides we already like early for Super Bowl 58 as well. But let's talk college hoops as we started to do just a couple of moments ago. Uh, BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Make sure you're watching the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL or on YouTube as well. 50 days, 5-0 until the first four in Dayton. We're that close. We're now about seven weeks away, less than seven weeks away from Selection Sunday. A couple of big losses over the weekend. We saw Kansas drop one on the road at Iowa State, although the Cyclones were favored by four, four and a half in that one. Auburn goes on the road as a road favorite and loses at Mississippi State in the SEC. Texas Tech with a big win as a dog at Oklahoma. We've seen Oklahoma take a couple of hits in the last few weeks. Duke escapes at home against Clemson by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. They did not cover, though, as they were laying 7.5 at Cameron to Clemson. And now we're at a point, guys, where Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology has five, if not six Mountain West teams in or right on the bubble. There's a chance that if Nevada were to get in as well, you'd have as many Mountain West teams in the field this year as the ACC and the Pac-12 combined, perhaps. I mean, that's a real possibility. Um, We could talk about the weaknesses of the ACC, perhaps, or maybe we should talk about the fact that maybe, especially after San Diego State's run last year, the Mountain West is actually legit, I say, with a question mark, Joe. I mean, we, we talk about how these conferences align themselves, especially coming down the stretch every year. 
it's one of those conferences where they don't, at least at the top of the conference, you look at it and go, okay, I could see this team beating a power five, power six team any other night of the week on a neutral floor. Yeah, I, I'm torn on this one because for years it's been a conference that gets a little bit of hype. People, you know, cheering for, for the little guy to come through and then they've been disappointing <laughs> year after year. But last year you had the, the deep run in the tournament. So are people more likely to back the conference? Maybe we've heard Jimmy Patzos come out and pick a different Mount West team every single week and, and tell you how much he loves those teams. Um, th- they're teams that are probably going to be in that five to seven range. Like the projections that I've been looking at San Diego state net five, like you mentioned in the six, Utah state, Colorado state, um, New Mexico might, might be an eight. They're in the, that eight, nine range right there. But you know, coops, even much more than football is closer than it's ever been. So you don't need to be a top four seed like we used to look at. Like the fives and six, like there's not much difference there between these five through eights than these three, four seeds. So, I mean, maybe it's not about the conference. Maybe it's not about the teams in the middle. It's just the top and the middle, there's not much difference anymore. Yeah, and I think some of these teams are interesting when you also look at Kempom, some of these Mountain West teams like a New Mexico, somewhat balanced, you know, maybe we were just a year too soon on thinking some of these Mountain West teams could make some noise in the tournament and perhaps one will, you know. I would have to do some more research on all of these teams. Like I really want to do a deep dive on the mountain West. I've been watching a lot of their games to be totally honest, but I think that this could be a good year. There's so many teams that seem pretty good and could make a run. The one thing you can say is that they are amongst, let's see, one of four conferences for what we'd call, I guess, power conferences, if we want to call them that. Um, uh, mm-hmm. four of the big conferences that has a mm-hmm. team with five or more road wins in it. That's it. There is not a team in a major conference with six or more road wins yet this season. Um, and mm-hmm. if you go through and look at, at with five road wins, you've got, for example, like uh, Creighton in the Big East. You got Memphis in the AAC. You've got uh, North Carolina in the ACC, and then you get to Utah State in the Mountain West. Um. As we roll along here down the stretch, and we, we were talking about uh, the home road splits earlier and how that's been it, – it's I, I can't recall, honestly, guys, the home court advantage being as great as it is this year a- any other year in, say, the last five or ten. Like, it, it feels like it completely changes the game, and, and you have to – it, it it completely alters how you look at every single one of these things. It's why when we look like, for example, at Duke, Virginia Tech, Houston, Texas tonight, you, you handicap them differently, Joe, because y- you don't know what you're going to get on the road. At, and, and this is beyond like, this was a thing in the Big 12, has been a thing in the Big 12 for a couple of years now, right? In the Big 10, right. it's been a thing for a couple of years. But this has proliferated itself, spidered itself out to every major conference now where you don't count on anything going your way on the road. 
You don't want to, to compare college and NBA too much because they are just very different worlds and there's ma- management going on with certain star players and all that. But I will also add that over the last couple of years in the NBA, the splits are pretty wild. Like teams with elite star power, they're championship contenders, and sometimes you go on the road, they're around an average team. They're around 500, yeah. but at home they dominate. Like we're seeing more and more of this with basketball. And I, I think it probably leans toward what we were just talking about, how everything is just so close. That that big, big middle, which is going to yeah. be most of the teams in the tournament, that if you're looking for that big separator, if these teams truly are closer than ever before, that home court advantage matters. It's fascinating that in some sports we're saying home field, home court, not as much as it used to, mostly the NFL. It's like it's closer to zero than three now. But, you know, in basketball, it, it certainly shows that the, the travel and that advantage of being at home, uh, the, the rims that you're used to, it matters. Well, I guess that brings us to Texas or Houston at Texas, right? Houston, yeah. yes. five and a half point favorites on the road. Houston, number one in adjusted defense. They like to play slow, but Texas at home hosting this really good Houston team, I think is interesting because this is a dog, even though as much as I love horns down that I might pick to cover um, just because of that home court advantage. And they do seem to play really good teams. Well, um, they recently beat Baylor and Oklahoma. So I don't think they're going to be scared of this situation. Yeah, it's, this is the one we were talking about. Let's go or hell no. This is the one that I've had a, a tougher time with. So Houston, they've had their road struggles. They're what two and two on the season on the road. Um, And this might be where you have an adjustment going on because Ken Palm makes this an eight point game, but we're looking at five, five and a half right now in the market. That's, that's a, that's a big gap right there. You have Texas off the BYU loss over the weekend. They've got another, a number of home losses this season with as great as Houston's defense is across the board. It's really, uh, it's really tough to back Texas in this spot for me. (laughs) <laughs> I have such a hard time with this because, you know, Houston has looked a couple times human on the road, um, but Texas mm-hmm. has been so wildly inconsistent. And that's the thing for me is, is you know, Texas, uh, they'll have an ugly loss and that, like the one to UCF a couple weeks ago, right? And then they bounce back and they look like they're finding their sea legs again. And then – you mentioned the BYU loss and and can we only attribute that to home and road splits? And I, I think it's the other thing is, and I mentioned this last week, the way these new teams in the big 12 are adjusting or maybe not adjusting to playing on the road in the conference or playing at home, even in the conference, they're, they're new to this thing. Houston, I know has been uh, elite level program for the last few years, they shouldn't have as hard a time adjusting, which is reflected in the numbers. But Texas is down there. You look at the league standings. They're down there with BYU and Cincy and UCF. And so I, I like you, Joe, have a really hard time backing Texas on this one. But yeah. I think kind of to the point Paul was making earlier, this is kind of a hold your nose and 
trust what the trends have told us to this point. And, you know, I don't want to say blind bet, but it's, it's a cover your eyes bet anyway. Like when I used to watch scary movies when I was a kid, I was just cover my eyes and kind of half watch it through my fingers and be like, yeah, I, I might not watch this thing, but I'll place the bet and then I'll kind of just check it on my phone, check the score in the app and then come back around and be like, yeah, we were right. We called it and be like, whew, I sweat. I was sweating that thing the whole time. It could be. I, I also, uh, Paul, get to you in a second. I don't, I don't want to overreact to the BYU game too. Like this is, that was a tough spot over the weekend because obviously high profile match in this one. And then before, before that they had, what was it? Uh, was it Oklahoma? I believe like, this mm-hmm. is a tough, tough run, run, a big rivalry game. So man, maybe, maybe this is the one you bet on better. Apollos, are you betting on? Texas or passing? No, like I wanted to, and then I just like I couldn't make the case. Like their defense, yeah. not only like is Houston's defense really good, Texas' defense has just not showed up at all. Um, and Houston, so what's the path to a Texas win? Houston just goes ice cold, and it's a rock fight. So you could play team total. Like if I was going to play any sort of team bet, I think it'd be the Texas team total under sixty-two and a half. I guess you could play the higher team total of Houston. Uh, under 67 and a half but I do think again Texas defense has been so bad um, just looking at the numbers and Houston is very efficient on offense if like again the eye test we've seen them go cold for stretches we see it every year Uh, they do have some sharp shooters from three LJ Cryer for one Uh, so it's like do we play props with him or some of their other guys over one and a half over two and a half threes I think but for a team bet I would go Texas team total under 62 and a half. Um, the other game, though, like I, I could get to the window, and I will get to the window with Vatek plus three and a half. Uh, but I, I, as it's it's Texas or nothing, I'll say that. But I, I just can't get there with them. I think I'm right. Th- I think I'm in the Texas or nothing spot. I, and, and, and again, I think I end up, depending on, give me another, mm, what, when's this thing tip? Like nine o'clock Eastern. Uh, give me another eight hours to process this thing, and I think I'll end up go. Uh, this will be one where I'll have it saved the entire time once I found the number that I like, and it'll be saved, and I'll have it on the bet slip, and I'll go, nah, nah, I'm not done. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. And then at, at like eight forty-five, I'll go, okay, yeah, and I'll and I'll do it. Uh, that that's what this feels like. And look, you're right. We may end up totally regretting this, Joe, by like uh 10 45 11 o'clock tonight uh eastern time but it every once in a while i think when you see the trends going in the way that they are with um with road teams especially in the big 12 uh, I'll, I'll end up coming back to this one um let's let's talk duke vatex since paul brought it up as the other one in this spot um i this i i feel the reverse of this one like i look at the Hokies and aaron i I'm sorry. I, I, this pro- this probably ends up being a stay away for me. Um, getting three and a half at home against Duke, I just don't think is enough for Virginia Tech in this spot. If you got me up to five, I think I'd think about it a little bit more. And Duke, one of the most efficient defenses in the country. I think this is going to – maybe an under is what I was looking for here. Mm. I can't bet on it because I'm in Virginia, so I didn't look a whole lot at this game, but I would probably play the under with how good Duke's uh, total defense is. Yeah, you know, 
maybe we get to that number, Chris, because we know it's a very public team where they're going to be. They're yeah. going to be on Duke for this side. Um, maybe it bumps up to a four, uh, but I'm on Vatek. Yeah, I, I yeah. think between the two, this is the one I'm much more comfortable with. I know it's a shorter number, but it's a shorter number for a reason. This is going to be Duke's toughest road test of the year. When you look at a lot of teams that they've beaten on the road, I mean, this, these are teams outside the top 100. You know, Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, Notre Dame, Arkansas, not good teams. And Vaught Tech has been great this year. Um, obviously, the soft schedule early, but even getting into conference play, they're now 10-1. and one. Uh, at home this season, so I'm, I'm going to back the Hokies. I, I do like the undercall too, Aaron. One forty-six and a half. I think it's the biggest total on the board tonight. Two teams that are right around top fifty or so and adjusted defensive efficiency. That might be the play under the one forty-six and a half. What have we learned now that we're almost to the finish line in the NFL with the Super Bowl now set? NFL lessons learned. Next, right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. After the Chiefs beat the Ravens 17-10 in the AFC Championship game, they are headed back to the Super Bowl yet again under Reed and Mahomes. Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. Lightning bets before we wrap up, and we've got thoughts on hoops, as you've heard throughout the morning, both college and NBA variety. If you missed anything, including our visit with Jason Lockenfor, who was all heated about the way things went with Baltimore's offense yesterday, you can always download us as a podcast later or use the rewind function inside your Odyssey app. We appreciate you watching as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. But with just two weeks to go until the final game, Super Bowl 58 now teed up, friends, what have we learned? And not just from last night, not just from the last three weeks and the playoffs as a whole, but going all the way back to the beginning of the season in September. What have we learned this year from the NFL, our bets on it, the way the game was played, the way everything has gone to this point, Aaron? What's one of the f- number one things you've learned this year in the year, uh, the NFL season of 2023? Well, the main thing that sticks out is I guess I really can't count Patrick Mahomes out because they were like Man. Super Bowl favorites. Then they struggled throughout the season. And now here they are. And here I am. I had Ravens futures. I had Alliance future. And I'm sitting here empty handed in the Super Bowl with all of my futures. So perhaps I should have just said, hey, you know what? This is a buy low spot. I've no reason to believe this Chiefs team is going to be in the Super Bowl with what I'm seeing on the field, but why not take a little flyer on them? That's what I learned, Joe. I'm so sick of them. And they knocked out all my Bills futures. And, you know, you got all these kids running around, Mahomes jerseys, Kelsey jerseys. Like, they have no idea what pain is. They just win. Just keep winning. They're not fans of teams anymore. They're fans of players, which I don't hate on at all. But I need them to – endure some pain at some point that's part of you know what gives you know what gives me some hope my kid who turns 11 this spring gives me hope that maybe the public sentiment is turning he is he's young so he's a 
a notorious front runner. In his closet are yep. a Patrick Mahomes jersey, a Justin Jefferson jersey. <laughs> yes. That's all and, of them. Great, That's all of them. And a great, it greatly pains me in Pittsburgh. He has – sorry, i got to choke this down. A Jamar Chase jersey. No, not Burrow, oh. thank God. Um, <laughs> I've heard Lamar? enough about Burrow – I've heard enough about Burrow and McCarthy from my 14-year-old daughter. Thank you very much. Sorry. Um, But he is starting to come around on not having – of having enough of the Chiefs. He said it last night. He said, I don't want to see the same Super Bowl. I don't want to see the Chiefs. And I want – and I, I even let him cheer for the Ravens for a bit, despite the AFC North rivalry, because let I him. think kids kids are coming around. <laughs> the The adult influence, the adult influence uh, on the whole anti Swift movement, which I think is hilarious because it doesn't really bother me. I find it funny more than anything. But you know, yeah. his math teacher at school complains about how much we have to see Taylor Swift all the time, and da 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 da. Kids. Kids are being influenced in the right direction. They're tired of Mahomes and Kelsey. So I think there's we, we have hope for the future, Joe. We have hope. Yeah, I'm I am seeing the same thing. A uh, couple couple of the friends that do own Mahomes jerseys were like, you know what? I'm sick of this. Anybody mm-hmm. but the Chiefs. That's why I need these kids to to go through some pain. I need that <laughs> a little bit. Um it's, it's interesting. You know, missed opportunity by me. I wasn't even thinking. And I told you guys in the text thread, I still think the Niners are going to win this game when they were down by uh, multiple scores. Mm-hmm. But, man, when it was halftime and I went upstairs and my wife's like, this is going to be great. I love rooting for the underdog. Even she doesn't really watch a whole lot of sports. I love it when the underdog, she's like, it's going to be Swift against Eminem. This is awesome. Big underdog. I'm like, why didn't I pull out the app right then and there? And so I yep. said, I told her, I did say in the moment, I'm like, there's a half of football to go. Like, I don't want to see the Lions in the Super Bowl. Let, let's calm down with Eminem versus Swift. And man, I should have known right there. Bet money yeah. line. Niners missed opportunity by me. Three to one. Damn. Three to one. Yeah. Missed it. Um, yeah. I'll tell you something I've learned, and it's actually digging into some of the numbers. This is the fourth Nerd. consecutive year. <laughs> yeah, I know. God, I disgust myself. Let me get my pencil and my slide. Oh, I have my calculator, and I added it up, guys. And, oh, looky here. Um, <laughs> this is the fourth consecutive year scoring is down across the NFL. Fourth consecutive year scoring is down across the league. That hasn't happened in nearly a quarter century, 98 through 2001, the last time scoring uh-huh. went down four years in a row. So I think the lesson learned is that, and I don't think this is just an NFL phenomenon. I, I think it's happening across college football. In fact, it, it has been happening across college football for a couple of years now. The defenses are catching up. And you saw, you've seen defensive coordinators come to the NFL from college because in college, it, for whatever reason, they don't put up the same resistance to change and they figured out the spread offense, right? Or some of the basic tenets of the spread offense, and they pushed back against it successfully in some places. And I think you've seen that come to the NFL, where quarterbacks are more versatile than they've ever been before. Heck, tight ends, receivers, and running backs are more versatile than they've ever been before, for that matter. Debo Samuel, Isaiah Likely, you know, guys who can line up anywhere and do anything. And Christian McCaffrey, I can't believe I didn't name him first and foremost. 
And you've seen defenses start to push back on that just a little bit. It was only down by like, I think, 0.2 points per game, but it was a fourth consecutive year. Scoring was down across the league. And so I think one of my biggest lessons learned, I think in particular of the primetime under run that we had throughout most of the regular season, right? Yeah. Scoring can be controlled in the NFL. The networks may hate it. Goodell may hate it. Offenses and quarterbacks who drive this league may hate it, but defenses are catching up. What's the biggest reason the Chiefs are there? Isn't it their exactly. defense? It's crazy to say. People are going to say you're an idiot. Oh, it's Kelsey Mahomes. Like, But no, they're there because of the way the defense played. Huh. Uh, it's a, and meanwhile, San Francisco's defense, stronger early in the year, trending mm-hmm. in the wrong direction, but they did enough to get through these spots where they were not covering point spreads against the Lions and the Packers. Yeah, I didn't... When you're going through this renaissance, when you've got all these offensive geniuses, you don't think it's going to come back the way that it did to where we we rarely saw totals in the 50s. But that's where the league got. That's where the league got this year. So curious to see what next year is. Do we see a tick up or more of the same? So as far as lessons learned, I was looking at the win totals that got home earliest this year. And we're talking about weeks 11 or 12. And there, there are a couple of things that stood out. We're just killing the Ravens all day, so let's give them a little bit of credit. It was a terrific regular season, and they fly over the win total in week number 12. And looking back on it, it's like, oh, man, their win total was 8.5. How was their win total 8.5? Well, the how is because they're in the AFC North, and it's so balanced there, and you have a, a couple of great offense, you know, Cincinnati, and you can't predict, predict injury, but that was correlated Cincinnati under, Baltimore over. I was thinking in the Baltimore case, you had a change with the offense that people were excited about in the offseason. But when you have a quarterback with an MVP ceiling, which he already had in his back pocket, he's about to get number two, when you have a quarterback that can play at that level, and we're talking about a 17-game season, you needed 9-8. and 9-8. Eight. and eight. If we see around 8.5 somewhere in the middle with elite quarterbacks, don't we just have to jump on those overs? Yeah. I mean, a quarterback-driven league, like I said a second ago, and it, it, let, and I don't think – here's the other – maybe this is another lesson learned. I didn't think I had any other big ones, but like – I I don't know if we properly handicap these divisions ahead of time. You know, think think about yeah. uh, was it a couple of years ago? We everybody talked about the AFC West, right? Uh, we saw how that went. Um, a, and then I don't think anybody would have looked at the AFC North this year, for example, and said, "Oh, there's a juggernaut of a division." Kenny Pickett at quarterback for the Steelers. I mean, people thought a lot about the quarterbacks outside of Pittsburgh, but. Um, they end up having every team 500 or better, right? Um, I think sometimes... The the NFC North was supposed to be terrible this year. And and it's not. get two playoff teams. Almost a third. Nearly three. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that might be another one. Like, not going off your priors and choosing when to because a team like the Eagles just started off strong and then completely fell apart. You know, when I was talking about what I had learned with the Chiefs is 
maybe I just shouldn't discount them and take a flyer when they're struggling uh, and buy low. But like, if you would have done yeah. that, well, I guess it kind of happened the opposite. The Eagles started off so well. Um, but some teams, you just got to know when not to buy in that, like they are fraudulent. So, I mean, it's hard to be perfect with everything. Here's uh, well, here's, I'm here's sorry. something else. That, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was just going just... to go. The, the Bears. <laughs> sorry. Yes. I can't. The, the Bears ended up being the team that beat their win total by more than anybody else this year. The Bears. Oh, they That's didn't. One. Yeah. What? They were listed. What? What were they? Oh. <laughs> I had it backwards. I'm a, I'm a moron. That's why I don't go with numbers. But say what you're going to say because it's a whole lot smarter than Get anything. Get your calculator back out. <laughs> I, did it came to... I didn't properly calculate that, my friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, what's he talking about? It came down to the last game. Like, how? <laughs> go ahead. You had a much smarter point than I did. Probably not. Um, well, the first, okay. The first win total that came home was Houston in week 11. Mm -hmm. And then, and I, I think, well, a few got home in the week 12, but the common theme here, rookie quarterbacks, Houston, way over Carolina, mm -hmm. way under, if you're going to embrace the variance, maybe you look at teams that have a rookie quarterback that are expected to play the entire year. Cause Houston Everything went right in addition to the Will Anderson and some of the young receivers that they got. They crushed the over five and a half in a soft division. So with that rookie quarterback, you have the high variance and you're in a soft division. Probably should have looked more at that over five and a half. And uh, on the flip side, Carolina, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the earliest. That was the earliest under of the year at under seven and a half with Bryce Young. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's just so hard to figure out, though, with rookie quarterbacks. Like, Because even if you are expected to play the whole season, that doesn't mean you will because you could get benched, you know. So that, or injured like Richardson, right? Right. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. But I, I, but I think many... looking at ownership, like we, it wasn't a good situation. Like Bryce Young didn't have any weapons going into the year. We knew that. And owner sucks. Is, is probably yeah. we thought Texans like that was a disaster with the front office, but like D'Amico, they changed everything there. Like, yeah. the, a year ago, that was the team that everybody would laugh at. And remember the SI profile about what was going on behind the scenes there? It's right. a disaster. That's mm -hmm. why I think it was so hard, it, like impossible to predict that the Texans would have woken up this year the way they did. Because yeah. it was looked at as structurally such a deficient organization and such a mess, it was it would have been impossible, I think, to predict that C.J. Stroud would have had the right framework around him 
to with a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, even if they were coming from a successful program out in San Francisco, impossible to predict that he would have taken off the way he did this year. Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens with the Lions win total. You know, you're probably losing Ben Johnson and maybe Aaron Glenn. It's a team everybody loves. That could be really interesting to see what that number is and how they respond. They have been covering at such a rate over the last three couple years. I think two to three years, somewhere in that range. I don't know how they can keep it up. Just history tells us. When you, when you have a very high cover rate, way over 60% for two, three years, it's going to come back down to earth. Coming up next, NBA, college hoops, and maybe even a couple early sprinkles on Super Bowl 58, our lightning bets. Next, right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. I think what you saw a couple minutes ago here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, was the power of the universe coming back around. And uh, I sat there and made fun of the analytics geeks, and it bit me in the butt when I pulled up the wrong futures chart from the wrong year. (laughs) You're so mad about that. I am. (laughs) The wrong year. You pulled up the wrong year. I just. I just assumed you looked at it in reverse. <laughs> no, no. I, the I wrong, the wrong year. year. What, what year? Uh, oh, 2022? 20, uh, yeah, 22. Yeah, we're um, sure, we're sure. So, I, I'll be honest. I'm going to need some time to recover because I'm going to need some alone time. Maybe me, maybe some barbecue sauce. Oh, no. I don't know. Um. No, you don't have any left. That was also disturbing over the weekend when you sent a picture of an empty Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce bottle. That was my neighbor's house, actually. We were up there on Saturday night. Oh, oh, what kind of neighborhood do you live in? I mean, hey, hey, it's getting a little wild. Um, Yeah, but I mean, it might explain why our neighbors are so happy all the time. No sweet baby Ray. Wow. You have a pineapple in front of the house? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Disturbing, to say the least. It was. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) A lot going on. All right, let's get people some lightning bets. Uh, Aaron, you want to (laughs) start? Sure. You've already got like half half a dozen props planned for the Super Bowl. We need to make Let a number just... on how many Super Bowl bets she ends up with in two weeks. I'm probably not going to do a ton. Well, no? I say that now. We got two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm we, we have, a lot we have Super Bowl guests every day and give us different back. ideas. Reba bets. Yeah. Yeah. The fun ones I'll be in on. Yes. Well, maybe not going too crazy. All right. Christian McCaffrey, two or more touchdowns plus 235. I got Kelsey two or more touchdowns at plus 450. I also bet the Chiefs even money, money line. Um, I'm with JLC, bet that now before it's gone. I tried to get it at like plus 108, and it 
last night and it had already like gone even money as it was in my bet slip. So um bummed about that. But anyway, still got a plus money on the Chiefs. And then Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown. I did a little uh prep on Howard Coppin State for the people. Oh my god. Their t- team total wow. is it seventy-two and a half and they average 75.4 points per game. Coppin State stinks. This spread is at eight and a half, but I like Howard team total 72 and a half over. Little diversity for you on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Little. <laughs> a bunch of Super Bowl bets. And, and some Howard HBCU. Coppin State. Yeah. Yes. Some okay. Diversity. It's a diversity Monday. <laughs> uh, All Joe, right. What you got? I'm, I'm going to go. We'll start with college. Yeah, let's do a home dog in the ACC. We're going to go with Vatek getting three and a half against Duke. The Hokies terrific at home this year. Dukies had not many road uh, tough tests. Uh, this is going to be a tougher one for them. So I'm going to take Vatek plus three and a half. NBA. I will take the Cleveland Cavaliers, another home dog. They're getting two and a half against the Clippers. Terrific at home. Um, Yeah, I believe they'll be able to get it done. But uh, getting two and a half, I'll take the points there. And the KD over adjustment that we're seeing. As Booker's been going off over the last week, it's two months. It's not going to continue. Give me KD over 23 and a half points tonight. All right. Nice that you played some NBA at the end there, Joe, because Aaron is betting on everything on the card tonight <laughs> and has NBA bets she forgot to throw at us. She got to Howard, Coppin yeah. State, team total. Yeah, I know. And I, skipped, everything. I skipped over the NBA. Like, what is going on? I'm all flustered here. I guess it was the sweet baby Rays that just... <laughs> I forgot all about it. Um, all right. So I have, I know I have a Sabonis triple double. And then, oh, I did this. Plus one, one, five, five. Sabonis triple double. Anthony du- Davis double double. Jokic triple double. Yes. It's like 11, almost okay. 12 to one. Okay. Is Thank that, you. You sure you don't have any? That? No, no, you sure you want to? Oh, uh, just a Jokic triple double on it, a single bet as well. Okay, you want if you're asking, any, yes, there is any, more. Any, yeah, any any Pro Bowl bets you want to get in real quick? Any? <laughs> the floor that, is yours. That'll do it sorry. on this Monday. Okay, great. okay, great. <laughs> uh, let's see. I got it's a diversity Monday. <laughs> uh. I mentioned the reasoning for Phoenix and Miami under 229 and a half. Phoenix stinks in the Eastern time zone this year. Um, and they've also gone under. I think they've only gone over once in their last seven. There was a push in there under in five of those last seven games. Miami under in seven of their last nine. They've lost six in a row. Uh, Phoenix on back-to-back as well after losing in Orlando yesterday. So love the under in Suns Heat, Miami tonight, 229 and a half. Uh, Oklahoma City hosting the T-Wolves tonight, laying just two and a half. I like them to cover that and bounce back from an ugly loss in Detroit yesterday. And I like SGA to go over the 31 and a half. He's had 30 or more in his last half dozen games. He had 31 yesterday in the loss in Detroit in just three quarters of work. 
Um, and then college hoops, Texas. This is a total hold-your-nose kind of play. Um, Joe's going with Va Tech. I'm going with Texas. Five and a half. There's still one spot where I can get five and a half at home hosting Houston. So even if Houston wins this thing, I still feel good about getting nearly two possessions, two full possessions out of this thing with five and a half on Texas. And then I, I, I said it earlier, so I have to heed my own advice. The number is not going to get any better on Kansas City. If you believe in the Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl, jump on it now. Even money, as Aaron mentioned, on the money line. I'm, I don't need the point, and I'm not going to lay the juice. So um, give me Kansas City, even money on the money line, Super Bowl 58. Those are my lightning bets for today. Sweet Baby Ray, what you got? <laughs> We're going to... I don't know. I was going to go a certain place, but I won't. Uh, we're just going to play Vod Tech plus three and a half. Uh, so I am on that as well. You could sprinkle the money line, but I'm going to go with the three and a half. Really good offense there. Uh, Duke, yes, over the course of the season, a decent defense. In ACC play, not as great. And Vod Tech can shoot the hell out of the ball. Uh, so like them at home. Texas couldn't get to the window on them against the spread, but... If they do win, I think it's a rock fight, and just Houston like has one of their patented terrible shooting nights. But Houston's defense really good. I don't see Texas lighting them up. So Texas team total under sixty two and a half is the play there. And then uh, LJ Cryer for Houston over two and a half threes at plus money. Texas defense against the three not great. I think he and he's their volume guy and one of their best shooters. Uh, so I think he could light them up a little bit over two and a half threes at plus money and that is all all right mr jay kassan who i heard filling in for cody decker on bet for the cycle this past saturday doing a phenomenal job mr jay kassan yeah one thing i didn't have on my bingo card was chris mack texting me in the middle of bet for the cycle outside the group chat i was like what is this about to be but it was a very nice text, and I did appreciate it. Um, we're going to expand the portfolio. NBA Jake, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to lay it with the Knicks tonight against the Hornets because the Hornets are terrible, and I'm going to re- lean into this Knicks win streak on the road. And then it's Doc Rivers' debut. I don't care. I'm laying it with the Nuggets. There's no way this goes well. What are we doing here? Three and a half? Are you kidding me? So I'm going to lay it with the Nuggets. There's no way this ends well for Milwaukee. I'm going to laugh so hard when the Bucks inevitably lose in the second round to the Heat, and it's going to be so funny. Anyway, uh, that's it. <laughs> Glenn Thank Rivers. you, NBA Jake. Glenn. I'm, I'm here for Jake's NBA takes. It brings yeah. just as much passion as baseball. Yes. And college. Glenn famously not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so Very funny. famously. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What oh, else is there? And... Yeah, Very that's good. his name. Has uh, anybody heard a soul take the Niners in the Super Bowl? Anybody? No. No. Not yet. I mean, I mean, granted, it's only been about 12 hours, but. I was going to say, I haven't talked to a lot of people yet since I've, last. But night. a lot of people, at, I put this a tweet out there when the circle. line came out. Every reply was Chiefs. Every reply. I haven't seen I mean, one I played, person say Niners. I don't want to be the, oh, I got a better line guy. But, like, when the number came yeah. out, I played Chiefs plus two and a half just because, like, I've seen this. How many times do I have to see this movie to, like, see it go the other way? Right. So, fine, I'll take my home right. and get two and a half points. I don't know if I'm as bullish on them. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm as bullish on the money line now as you guys are, but like like I said on Friday, are we going to be shocked if we're sitting here on Super Bowl Monday and it's like, yeah, Rita Mahomes did it again? Like, no. Nope. I'll have that. Not at all. No. Yeah. I want Good a number advantage. on Taylor Swift popping up out of the stage during Usher's halftime performance. Like, no uh, shots, dude. Give me all so. of the Lil John as the guest appearance, and that's it. Don't oh, need anything else. Personally, personally, that's what I want. I need Lil John on on stage. During I, I think the, the number show. should be how many seconds it takes for Lil John to pop out. I'm going under one second. He will be there <laughs> so fast. He will be on stage before Usher. So immediately. Just screaming, Swift. yeah, at 155 decibels. Swifty follow-up. Like, I'm assuming we're going to get a number on appearances, and we were having this debate last night. Do replays oh, camera shots. count? One. Camera shots. Do replays count? Replays of the same shot? Because if it did, it was like 15 yesterday. But if it's you're going to get replays shot, like four yeah. going to commercial. If it's not one continuous shot, then, yeah, it's a new shot, even if it's a replay, I think. Because they're not going to go live to her. It's always going to be a replay. You know what I mean? Give me the under. They're going to hang a high number. I, Give me the under. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a lot going on during the Super Bowl. I'd go under. Yeah, we'll see. They might lean into it. We'll do it again tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern for Gurch on video, for Jake Hassan, for Paul, for Aaron, for Joe. I'm Chris Mack. This has been Beck UL Daily.